Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great God. Merciful Father. Glorious Jesus. We have words this morning. We're gathered in your name, Jesus. We honor you this morning. Lord, we want to be in your presence. Father, we know that in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord God, there may be some joy lacking in, in some lives. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come near, Lord. As we try to draw near to you, come near, Lord. Lord, there are some ashes that need to be turned to beauty in this place and for those who are listening. Lord, there also is some laughter that needs to be turned into tears. Father, as we come to realize as we get in your presence some of our offenses, some of the unholiness that we bring. So Lord, minister to us as we try to minister to you. Lord, let this service be nothing but worship to you. Father, speak your word and give us ears to hear, hearts to receive. Lord, that we may be more suited to do your will, that we may be more suited to the purpose and the plan that you've predestined us to. Lord, help us to look more like Jesus because of coming near you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So last week I made a statement toward the end of the message and... Um, I say a lot of things, so I don't know who <laughs> takes what's serious. But the greatest sin, I believe the, the greatest sin in the church today is just lack of reverence. But I say that, and um, it's no different than it was way back then, even in the first church, as we will see. So just for your remembrance, uh, just to bring you everybody on the same page, so to speak, one of the, the scriptures that we were in last week was Hebrews chapter 5. And in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 5, we read, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest. But it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are the priest forever according to the uh, order of Melchizedek. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, this is speaking now Jesus, in, a day, in, when, in the days of Jesus' flesh, while he was still on earth, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. He was heard because of his godly fear. He had a deep reverence for the Father. Amen. Even though he was God in the flesh, he was man. And as man, he had deep reverence for God the Father. And so, again, just to help us, to give us 
is this boom bot. God is the same. God is not changed. God is the same God of the Old Testament. We have a, a, a further revelation of God. Amen. What the Old Testament spoke concerning Christ, we, we saw in the first century church and now we live because we have his word fulfilled and we have the word page for page, right? Word for word, cover to cover. But my brothers and sisters, in Isaiah, there shall come forth, chapter 11, verse 1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, which was a prophecy of the Messiah. He was of that lineage, amen? There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. This is speaking of our Savior. This is speaking of God in the flesh. This is speaking of our Messiah. Do you see all of those things that are attributed to him? But most generally, if, if you see most specifically, I should say, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Deep reverence, this awe that we have of God. Amen? Amen. So Jesus displayed that in, while he was in the body. Even though he was fully God, he, he demonstrated that and showed that as also being fully man. Of reverence in awe of, of God. Amen? So now look again at Hebrews chapter 12 with me. In Hebrews 12, verse 28 and 29, Therefore, let us be grateful receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, my brothers and sisters, I'm not going to go back and, and you know, we, we've studied before about the, the shaking that God is going to... There, there is a shaking that's going on and the things that can't be shaken shall remain. And my brothers and sisters, that's what he's talking about as we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But look what it says specifically. Let us offer to God acceptable worship. Acceptable worship. And look at what he part of... Be, of uh, part of acceptable worship is specifically reverence and awe fear of the Lord. Amen? For our God is a consuming fire. I'm going to read something from Exodus. Pretty long uh, passage, just in a moment. But my brothers and sisters, again, I know that you have heard messages before and certainly from this pulpit about the fear of the Lord. I, I understand that. But my brothers and sisters, I, I hope that we can understand some of the things that we suffer as it relates to um, the powerlessness uh, the lack of the spirituality, that spiritual dimension that's really lacking from this church. You know, and I say this church, I mean the church that in general, the church that's walking the modern day, the church, modern day. But the first century church enjoyed those things that God meant for all of us to have. Amen? Amen? Not, not just, listen, I, again, the power of the Holy Spirit is a must. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot follow God. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't, even, we can't even understand His Word. Amen? Without the Holy Spirit, we can't believe Jesus. So, my brothers and sisters, wouldn't it stand to reason then that we have this Spirit that's in us when we go to Christ, when we, when we, when we repent, and that's a key. When we go to the foot of the cross, we realize that He's a holy God and we're an unholy being and I need to change. He showed me the way and I want to go His way, no longer my own way. Amen? Very basic and, and, and elementary. Amen? Very basic. But when that happens, there is in that moment, if I'm sincere, His Spirit. I receive this Spirit of adoption. But there also with that Spirit, I have this now, I have this ability and this, listen, 
and I really have this responsibility to read and to learn and to grow. And in doing so, I'm being, be, being filled. I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit. So now, if I'm being filled to running over, which is how we study and what we know in Ephesians, be ye being filled, be not drunk with wine, where it is in excess. We've discussed it so many times. If I'm in this process, if I'm following Jesus and I'm being filled with this Holy Spirit to overflowing, then something should be overflowing out of my life. And it shouldn't be, I get angry and I have these fits of wrath. That's not Holy Spirit. There should be something overflowing from my life. Amen? And I believe, my brothers and sisters, part of the situation in our lives is we're not growing in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm saying in general, so don't, and, oh, were you speaking to me? If, listen, if you think that I was speaking to you, if you think that, if you feel conviction, then yes, I was speaking to you. But by God, Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, so now, so, so now wait. So the reason why we don't operate in those gifts and we're not growing in the Spirit is because there's this, again, this lack of reverence for God. Amen. Even in the approach, I mean, and we'll cover, I mean, personally, do I revere God? Am I, in, am I still in awe? Even after all of these years as a believer, if anything... I guess a guy like me who's now old, I should be even more in awe of God. Based on what? <laughs> I should be more in awe of God. I know more of His Word. I have more experience with Him. Amen? I'm more in awe of God because I know some of the things that have happened in my life. I know some of my shortcomings. And God, God, who is rich in mercy when I went to him. And listen, and you have had these, and, and if you haven't, you, need to have, you may need to have one. When you have those moments, when you know that something happened, something's wrong, you made a mistake, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you go to God and you can't help but to weep before God. And that's in that prayer that I mentioned a moment ago as I was praying, you know, I'm mentioning all of these things. He can turn, listen, he can take ashes and, and give us beauty for ashes. Strength for fear. He can, get, listen, come on. But he also can make us weep. Some of that pride, we, it needs to be replaced with humility. Amen? That's a work of the Holy Spirit in me and in some of us. It has to be Holy Spirit. Amen? I don't know why I'm here, but let's just keep going with it. My brothers and sisters, sometimes I have to have tears because I understand now something because I've gone a little bit further with God and now I see some of these things that are still, listen, that are still uh, an abomination to God. There's still things that offend God in me. Come on. So, so listen, so I'm, I'm going along in my walk with God and then I have this conviction and then all of a sudden, holy, and I'm in awe of God that He loves me so much that instead of squashing me like a bug or leaving me to my own devices, He brings conviction to me by His Spirit and now I have the opportunity to weep before God. Amen. Oh yes, and sure, has He blessed me? How can I not say that? I'm, how can I stand here and, and not think that I'm blessed? When I woke up this morning, after a little while, I had two unbelievable, precious gifts from God greet me as they woke up, my granddaughters. How can I say that I'm not blessed? 
And I have, they, they come and they hug my leg. Yeah, I'm a little bit taller than I'm still. Not my, <laughs> and they come and they hug my leg. How in the world can I say that I'm not blessed of God? Oh, big deal, Tony. Even sinners have that. Really? But do they understand where that comes from? And my granddaughters, your children, our children, are they being taught reverence? Respect? Because I'll tell you, in the culture and in society today, it's not being taught. No respect for authority. No reverence. Nothing. Nothing. But in our homes, should we not, first of all, have the family altar where our children know that we revere God Almighty, the Creator of all things, and in the house, the Father is the spiritual head of the house, but Mom also is deserving of all respect because even see, we see Dad love his wife, my mom, Dad loving her and treating her so very special like the queen that she deserves to be treated like. Amen? Amen. And all the men said, Amen. I give you a big opportunity, guys. I give you a big opportunity. Come on. I didn't hear a lot of amens when I talked about the men being the spiritual head of the house, ladies. I'm just saying. So now, listen, and, and please believe me, I, and, I, and I, I want I to take this a little bit slowly. I, I, I appreciate you all paying attention. I love it. But I got to be honest with you, my heart is burning in me and I, don't, I know that I'm going to say some things that you already have heard and, but I'm hoping now that you could start to put some of, this thing, some of these things together and Holy Spirit really convicts us so that we as a group, we as a body, really come together in this fear and abnomition of the Lord like we're supposed to be raising our kids in. Amen? And not so much a fear like we're going to be punished, but a fear, this reverence, this awe, and waiting and anticipating this big God, this awesome God. What will He do next among us? What will He do next through us? Amen? Hallelujah. So I'm going to go to Exodus. In Exodus, I'll be reading from uh, chapter 19. Again, it's going to be something that you guys are all familiar with. I'll begin in verse 16. This was, now remember, this is about the third month that the children of Israel, they've been um, freed from Egypt. God freed them from Egypt and God has taken them through. The, they've had some goings on and they've some, had some happenings and God has certainly shown himself mighty and strong and powerful. Amen? The signs, wonders, and miracles that he's performed so far. And so now they're at the base of Mount Sinai and they're, they've been given specific instructions as it relates to God. Now God is going to speak to them. He's going to give them the law. And again, I referred to this last week, and you've heard me refer to it many times. And many of you are familiar with this, but let's please give the Holy Spirit our full attention then. Beginning in verse 16. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and said, and God answered him by voice. And then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. Moses went up. And we know that this continues, that God, but God starts speaking to the whole camp, amen, as they're at the foot of the mountain. 
But my brothers and sisters, when I'm looking at this, I'm trying to, you know, I, I like to picture it, and I try to put a picture up here for you, um, but, but can you, I'm trying to imagine what that must have been like. Amen? But, but one thing, one element that really captured me that, you know, is no big deal, is the sounds of the trumpet that gets louder and louder. I'm listening for a sound of a trumpet any time now. For the Lord himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. I'm listening for that sound at any moment. But in this particular case, you, this, you, you, you have all of these goings on. You have the earthquaking, you have the fire, the lightnings, and, and, uh, and the loud rumblings. And, stuff. and so the people are trembling. I got to be honest with you. Um, even in that situation, knowing what I know, I probably still would be trembling and quaking. See, it's not the trembling and, the, and, and, and being, you know, that's what he was going to do. That's what God intended to do, to get their attention. Amen? He wanted their attention. He was wanting to show himself awesome, mighty, and strong. He was doing something for their sakes so that they would know something. Amen? But can you, and so I'm trying to relate this. Have you ever been in a, in a sleeping and then all of a sudden one of the smoke detectors goes off in your house? Or maybe even half sleep. That's even better because then you hear it like right, loud and clear right, right now. And bam! And then once you, I mean, as soon as you're kind of out of your little fog, which doesn't take long for me usually, then it's like frantically trying to run. Shut it off! But can you imagine this trumpet, this thing that is so glaringly loud and it's getting louder and you can't shut it off? Could you imagine how, see, when once we figure out it's the fire, the smoke detector, then all of a sudden that, you know, okay, now it's more of an annoyance than it is like <gasps> a fright. Are, are you with me? Are you following me so far? Stay with me. Okay. Now, I've shared this story with you before, but, but maybe somebody new in here you haven't heard in a while, whatever. Remember what I told you uh, when I was um, in Carolina and I was, you know, working, building this golf course and everything. I had a trailer. Um, and office trailer and I shared it with some other folks a construction company and all that everybody was out to launch and I'm in this trailer you know doing my thing doing some office work and blah 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 the next thing I know there's this loud thing it, it sounded like it was awesomely loud and then and, it, and it, I'm, all of a sudden I'm panicking I, I, I don't know what's going on so I started looking east I, I, I was trying to remember all in that that I'm trying, okay, what way is east? Because if this is the Lord coming, I want to see him. I really thought this could be it. Maybe this is the sound of the trumpet. Maybe this, maybe this is it. And now my own kids are laughing at me right now. But that's okay. <laughs> but, but, but it's true. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I'm not making this up. I really thought the Lord was coming back. And I heard, and it was that loud. It was so loud. And it was like, it would bring the electricity to your eyeballs. It's like, ugh. And I'm looking wet, and then I'm panicking because now in that moment, because it's just, there's just such urgency, I, I forgot which way was east. I'm looking, and I'm looking in the sky, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking out this window. I go outside, I'm looking all around. When I went outside, it's even louder. And then all of a sudden, it stopped. And I'm still here. Uh-oh. So look, I, I, I was so glad when I saw some of my born-again friends come back. We all couldn't have missed it, right? But no, but the point was, my brother, it, it just got, it got my attention, and, I, and my heart was racing, and, and, I, and you could almost, you could feel the sound. And what I found out later was, we, we weren't too far from the Catawba nuclear power plant, and they were testing their alarm system. 
and my, tra my office was like right underneath one, baby. <laughs> From that point on, I wasn't too concerned about that particular. But my brothers and sisters, as silly as that might sound, that I, I, I can relate. All of a sudden, this is relatable. I'm, I'm, you know what? I, there's an urgency here. There's something happening. I, and now pile up on that. You have lightnings and fires and smokes. And then all of a sudden, you, you, God is speaking. How would you react? How would you act? How would you feel? Hallelujah. How did they react? So I'm going to read to you again now in, in chapter 20, beginning verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. So, so far, I'm there. So far, I would be one of them. <gasps> Don't look at me. You'd do that too. You'd be standing afar off too. You'd be... <gasps> right? Verse 19, then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Now Moses said to the people, do not fear. Don't be afraid in the sense of, you know, of what God is trying to do here. Don't be afraid. Don't let your fear turn you around. Don't let your fear have a negative impact on you. For God has come to test you. God has come to prove in something to you, to prove something to you, and that his fear may be before you. The fear of God. That you may have a fear of God. That's what this language, it, it may not be said just right, maybe you don't understand it away, but that's what he's saying. That his fear may be before you. That you, ha you may have the fear of God, so that you may not sin. See, here's the purpose. This is what God is saying. Look, I am God. I am serious. I'm putting up with you. But understand who I am. Understand that I am to be worshipped, that I am to be revered. Understand who I am. And so my brothers and sisters, you, you, you see in the fact that they were so afraid and they were acting and reacting in a negative way that whatever this demonstration was, as, as much as we can understand it, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It caused them to feel a certain way and exactly how they were supposed to feel is how they felt. Until, okay, you talk to him. We don't want to recognize him for who he is. Now, I, I may be reading something into that. But isn't that in effect what happened? You talk to him. You get in his presence. We'll worship him from afar. See, my brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm afraid that that's where we are in the modern day church. You know, we depend on so many people and, and these writers of books and these pastors and preachers and teachers and all these talented musicians and all this other stuff to bring us to this point where we worship God. Do we really ever get into His presence? Does that really bring us to a point where we absolutely stand in awe of God, that we absolutely revere God? Amen? And, and some of us are worshiping MJ right now. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's helping me preach. So, so listen. Listen. So, so that's the thing that we need to understand. I think that's the thing that God is bringing. That's what God has laid on my heart. And, and my brothers and sisters, all of these things that we want as a congregation, as we need as a congregation, as we need as a body of believers, all of these things that we want, need, that we should have, 
the power, the blessing, the understanding, right? The knowledge, the wisdom, all of these things that we should have by Holy Spirit. We don't. And I'm speaking in general. I, I know that. But I think a major problem is, as I've mentioned several times now, we don't have this fear of the Lord. We don't revere God. Amen? In our personal lives, do we worship God? That way, do we, do we really come to that point where we absolutely worship God? As a congregation, do we really come, do we come here this morning? And I'm so thankful that you continue to come. But in churches like ours or you know, bigger ones or whatever, are, are people really going to that church and, and really going with the heart and the mind that I'm going there to worship God? Amen? Is, is that, or I'm going to go there and I'm going to hear, which is good, I'm going to go there hear, hear my favorite preacher. That's, that's good, but it, it's only good if your favorite preacher is preaching the, the whole counsel of God and God is being glorified in that and you're reacting in such a way, listen, that it may be, it may, you may have gotten your toes stepped on. And so you're, you're reacting in such a way where instead of, okay, it's time for me to leave, it's time for me to go to the foot of the cross. It's time for me to consult with... Do, do you understand? Because it's about fear of the Lord. Amen? It's about paying homage to Him. It's about getting in His presence and knowing, okay, Lord, I may have had a tough week this week. I may have blown it a couple of times, but here I am. Lord, I may have paid so much attention to so many other things, my job, my kids, my this, my that. Uh, I have so many issues and so many things that I've paid attention to all this week, and I really didn't even spend a lot of time with you. See, my brothers and sisters, that's important. That's not reverence of God when all of these other things take precedent in our lives. Yeah, but Tony, what are we going to do? We've got to work. I know, so do I. Well, what are we going to do? We have the family, we have kids. I know. I understand. But... God still has to be first. You still have to have this reverence, this awe of God so that He comes first. And my brothers and sisters, I think for those of us especially, it's easy for me. My kids are grown. But on the other hand, for those who still have kids, and, and I'm not, or even if, especially if we have teenagers, it, it, you know, our teenagers need to see, our children need to see even from an early age, this reverence that we have. Oh, they're going to have their moments. So do we, don't we? But I think I, I just know that I know that I know when God says raise your kids up in the way they should go, when they get older they won't depart. I believe that. And see, it doesn't matter that I believe that because I want to believe that I'm going to have that success, that my kids and my grandkids are all going to be successful as it relates to the world. Yeah, I want to believe that. I, that, I want, that scripture, yeah, definitely. I'll take that one, Lord. But if I truly revere God, I don't just take that one, I got to take it all. Amen? Okay, and I know that this is very basic and rudimentary. You understand this. We have to put it to work. We have to put it to work. We have to put it to practice. Amen? Okay. Hallelujah. So now watch. Remember um, even, um, gosh, who were they? Eight, eight, Abihu, Adab and Abihu. Um, there's so many other Old Testament issues, Saul. Remember what Saul did? He, he sacrificed ahead of Samuel. He, he, he didn't wait for Samuel, so he made the sacrifice. It wasn't his job. That, see, that was, again, that was profane before the Lord. That, that was not supposed to happen. Amen? 
he, he, he didn't worship properly. And it, was, and it went bad for him, didn't it? Amen. Because he just he refused to worship the way the Lord commanded worship. Now, in the Old Testament, we have all of those examples. And in the New Testament, in chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, that story that we're so um, familiar with, many of us. So remember, the church, it's the early church. And they're having to take care of each other. Amen? So people are selling their properties and they're bringing uh, the proceeds to the apostles, laying it at the apostles' feet. And Ananias, this man, had some property, sold some property. He brings the, the, the proceeds to the apostles. And Peter, oh, well, wait a minute. I thought you said you were selling the property for this much. What, what, you know? and, and finds out through that that they conspired and they held back some of the money. Him and his wife conspired and held back some of the money. And so we know what happened. What, what he says is, listen, you, you haven't lied to man, but you've lied to God. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to go well with you. And he dropped dead. And Ananias dropped dead. And remember, there were young men that carried his body out and buried him in that moment. So that's why I love when people talk about the grace and the New Testament and all that stuff. That happened right then in the early church. Are you, are it, that, that's only chapter 5 of Acts. That's only chapter 5. So my brothers and sisters, God, is, God will be revered. He must be worshipped uh, come on, properly. And so that you lie to the Holy Spirit. Right? So now I'm going to read to you a little bit because then she comes in in verse 7. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in. This is Acts 5-7. You could look it up later. <clears throat> when she came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered her and said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they are going to carry you out. Verse 10. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great, what? Great fear. Great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to say to you that this, I contend that this fear was specific and it was absolutely God had to make the precedent in the church. They were professing Christians. He was all fear came upon the church. No, God is awesome. He will not be trifled with. Come on. He's deserving of our sincere worship. He's an awesome, mighty God. See, these are the kind of things that a lot of people don't want to deal with. God really allowed people to be struck dead. Yes, He did. Well, how could a loving, kind, merciful God? You know why? Because He loves us so much. He has to separate evil from us. And that's being worked out as we live. He's separating evil in my life. He's, he's burning away the dross in my life. He's burning away the dross in your life. He's separating the pretenders from the contenders right now. Those people who say that they're Christians, but when the t test comes, they are bowed to the idol, that, but you and I won't. He's separating the pretenders from the contenders. And God, does not want, God did not create hell for humans. He created for those angels that rebelled, my brothers and sisters, but He told us how to stay out of it. And he provided a way out of it. That's how much he loves us. But he still gave us the choice. Amen. Hallelujah. So a, a kind, loving God, 
Mm -mm. He doesn't send anybody to hell. They choose. Amen? All right. So now, so now continuing in Acts, now we get to chapter 8 and we see Philip, Philip, the evangelist, Philip goes to Samaria and he's preaching the gospel and they have a revival. Man, they, they, the people hear the word of God, the Samaritans, they hear the word of God and they start believing and he's performing signs, wonders, and miracles. The Holy Ghost is, man, he's healing people and it's, it's awesome and people are giving their hearts to Christ and they're being baptized in the name of Jesus. In verse 18, Simon, there was this Simon the sorcerer, you remember him? He was somebody who had these, uh, these, these black arts kind of uh, gifts, and he was somebody. He was like, you know, a big shot in the town because he was able to do this sorcery and this magician stuff, and so people paid attention to him, and they, well, they, they revered him somewhat. So now all of a sudden, he sees what's happening, he hears the gospel, and he believes in Jesus. Amen? He gets baptized. But now when the apostles in Jerusalem hear that you know, people in the, in the Samaritans are being blessed by God, so they go up there to make sure that the Holy Spirit, uh, they, they receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. They start laying, Peter and the guys, they start laying hands on people, and the people start being blessed by the Holy Spirit. They start being filled with the Holy Spirit. Simon is looking at this. And this is what it says beginning verse 18. When Simon saw that through laying out of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Look at how Peter reacts. Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Okay, Tony, what does that mean? Let me, let me ask you something. He definitely, he being Simon, that got his attention. Your money perished with you. No, please, remember, how we're, please pray for me that this, does, this doesn't happen. It got his attention. He got afraid. But my brothers and sisters, look, this is, so, so now you have this revival breaking out. You have people giving their hearts to God. You have people being baptized. The Holy Spirit is moving. There's healing. And then all of a sudden the apostles come up from Jerusalem. They lay hands and these same people who just got saved and baptized are now receiving the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And so now you have all of this happening. And you have one man who's supposed to be worshiping God himself, offering money that he might have that power. To me, he's worshiping, but with self-motives. His motives are all wrong. He's not worshiping God for who God is. How do I know that? Well, look at what happened. He's worshiping. He wants to still be somebody. He wants to be able to make money off of us. He wants to be noticed. He wants to be powerful. What about me? He wants to be noticed. Whatever the case may be. The self-motivation factor. So now this man who probably has some things, he probably is pretty well off to begin with. But my brothers and sisters, do, do you see, I mean, there's something here that I need to get a hold of that we, you, we need to get a hold of. See, when we, when we worship God, when we go after the things of God, is it because we revere Him? Or is it just because we want something? Are we going after God because we're trying to fill some kind of a, another void in our life? And don't get me wrong, God is the one who should fill the voids. But my brothers and sisters, the void that He fills 
is to bring us to Him, close to Him. He is the emptiness. He fills the void with Himself. Not the things that we imagine that we should have as followers of God. He fills the voids with Himself. Are we going after Him? Or are we going after what He has? Are we going after God or we just want the stuff? And so my brothers and sisters, maybe it's not even, maybe it's not a, in this case, it's something that maybe he thought it would bring him power, status, whatever the case may be. He wanted to be somebody. Maybe you've been told and you still kind of uh, latch on to or bring into your uh, worship, your belief system, your doctrine, your dogma, uh, part of the prosperity message. If I have enough faith, I'm going to have money, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. Maybe, maybe that's still part of your belief. And, and so maybe that's what you're looking for. If I, can, if I could go to church, if I can pray enough, if I can do some of these things enough, I'll have. Come on, because that's very prevalent. Now, God has made us promises. Amen? And all the promises of, uh, of God are yes and amen to those who love Him. But my brothers and sisters, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek who? Him. I revere him. I worship him. Are, are you there? Hallelujah. So I, I, I really, I want to check myself. Am, am the things that I do, the things that I say, am I just doing them because, well, you know, pastor's supposed to do that? Or am I just... Am I, do, am I doing it as sincere love for God? Am I doing it because I really, really, really want to serve God with everything that I am? Come on. I need to... I, okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because my brothers and sisters, in that you receive the power. Be ye being filled. Your kids, you don't have... When you get down on your knees and you're praying for your kids, you know God is hearing you. Why? Because what, what does it say? The scripture now that we've been in in Hebrews 5, Jesus was heard, right, for his reverential fear of God. You have this reverence for God. You have this reverence, this all... God is, God is your God for sure. And you follow Him. You believe in Him and you trust in Him. So when you get down on your knees and you're praying on your kids' behalf... He's hearing you. I've, I've said this often to some people who have come to me uh, in, through the years in council, and I'll be honest with you, even when um, I had my own kids, I mean, I, I, it's so important that I just, I want everything to be right, and you don't want your young ones to suffer any hurt or any harm, and you want everything to be well with, even, even your older ones, anybody in your family, anybody in your circle, anybody in your atmosphere, you want it to be well with them. So, so my brothers and sisters, I've, I've often told people, look, if you don't want to serve God with everything that you got, just because, then do it for your kids. Do it for your kids. But the reality of that is, if someone doesn't want to do it for their kids, it's probably because they're already self-motivated anyway. And their kids are somewhere in the importance range, but not as important as them. And please, I, don't get mad at me for saying something like that, but understand the times that we're living in right now where kids have become more like, um, I don't know, props or accessories. And I, and I say that not with glee. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is right now. And I'm not saying that. That's not like that for everyone, obviously. But in general, couldn't it be said? So much so that I got to just drop on this just a minute. 
So much so that some of these parents that are just attention hogs and who want their 15 minutes of fame are actually allowing their minor children to go through this gender-bending stuff. Come on. So now watch, watch. So when I make statements like that, it's not just because I want to make a statement like that and get your attention. It's happening. So if you're not willing, if you're not willing to follow God just because it's you, you are in awe of Him. And then when you do finally get to that point in the road where you've got to have a favor from God, and then all of a sudden you get down on your knees. Hmm. Pastor Tony, he, 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 what he preaches isn't true. I pray to God about this thing a dozen times, and it's still not coming to pass. Self-examine. Self-examine. Do you have this reverence toward God? Because Jesus was heard for his reverence toward the Father. And that's my best example. That's all I need to know. Isn't, isn't that right? But these, this worshiping for the return, worshiping for self-motives, we talked you know, so quickly here, and then some of the stuff that we do that we still we hide, we're not really worshiping God. We can actually lie like uh, Ananias and Sapphira. You know, they could fool the church, and in that moment they couldn't because Peter filled with the Holy Ghost saw right through it. We could lie to each other. We could put on shows for each other. But God knows where our heart is. Are we really revering God? Amen? Okay, so, so now I did want to mention Nadab and Abihu. Remember, these were the two sons of um, Aaron who were the priestly tribe, right? They, that was where the priests came out. So now they're helping their father serve in Israel and they offered profane fire. They offered something that was uh, profane. Uh, I'll read to you real quick out of Leviticus chapter 10. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put uh, censer, incense excuse me, on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which had not been commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord, devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by, whose, by, who, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people... I must be glorified. They worshipped him wrong. You could say, well, you know, we could talk about, well, and speculate, what was this profane fire? Profane, it doesn't even matter. It might have been that they, they offered something profane. They weren't right themselves. Uh, they were taking advantage of the people. Some uh, say that they were, they were drinkers, or whatever the case may be. It really doesn't matter. What matters is profane, unholy, contemptible. That's what that's, that's what that's saying. Something that was unholy. Something that was contemptible. Something that was dirty. They were doing that before the Lord. They were worshiping God that way. They were doing something that the Lord had instructed as it related to the service for Him. And they took that which was holy and they made it profane. My brothers and sisters, we can do that. Even though we're living under grace, we can do that. How can we do that? Oh, gosh. I mean, how many people that you know um, really understand, my brothers and sisters, what communion is all about. Come on. And even, and even Corinthians warns us, even the first church, even the early church in Corinthians, they had to be warned about communion. It had already started. It was already corrupted. Come on. So my brothers and sisters, how often do we know or how often can we point out that, you know, there are some folks that don't take that as seriously as it should be taken? Now, I'm going to say some things that's going to make some of you... You know what? 
We have a small praise team. Nevertheless, we have people who have volunteered to lead worship and praise. Now, we don't have bands. We don't have the lights and the smoke. But I'm going to tell you that that is just as important as if you went to your favorite, name the fill in the blank, and they're singing praises and worship. And, and, and these people deserve our attention. And not, listen, not just our attention like we're worshiping them, but our attention and that we're trying to sing as they're leading us in song. We should be singing the songs and not being talking and yapping and coming in late and all that other stuff. No, the, the song service is about God. It truly is. Listen, and it might not be the song that you like, and you've heard me say this dozens of times, but it doesn't matter. I'm singing to God. I'm singing for God. I'm singing about God. I'm singing to God. That's what matters. That's what matters. And yeah, we have recorded music and all this other stuff. So what? So what? Man, we have people up here that are volunteering. They're not paid. They're up here singing, trying to lead us as a congregation in worship. In worship. We're singing in worship and adoration of God, the awesome, mighty God. And are we going to, listen, are we going to squander that opportunity? We have the opportunity to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, as His children, and corporately praise Him. And I don't know about you, but I remember some of those passages in the Bible where it said when God's people got together and they prayed in unison, or they sang in unison, or they had music that was going, and they were all in one mind and one accord, God filled the place and something happened. I know in the past, and some of you can say yes and amen, I've, I've heard of people, I've seen it, people getting saved, people going to an altar during the song service. The word wasn't even preached yet, but the conviction of the Lord God filled the place, and the, the conviction of Holy Spirit was on the place so heavy because God's presence was so overwhelming. People gave their hearts to Christ during the song service. People healed during the song service. God inhabits the praises of His people. Come on. This is something that was so, so prevalent in King David's walk with God. He was out there with his instruments. He was out there singing songs to the Lord. And God said he was a man after his own heart. Even though he was imperfect. Did God know that David was going to sin? Yes, he did. But he crowned him king anyway. Why? Because King David had an understanding of who God was. Amen. King David worshipped God. Hallelujah. So that even when he made a bad mistake, even when he sinned horribly, when the word of the Lord came to him, he broke down immediately. You and you only have I sinned against. I have sinned his great sin against you. Come on. So my brothers and sisters, what am I saying? Man, we, we need to worship God. We need to worship in reverence. To God, we need to come in and not do what we feel is best. We've changed everything to suit us. Even the messages, even guys in my position, if the Lord allows, I'll, maybe this will continue and I'll be able to preach that as well. What have we allowed this to become? In Malachi, this will be the last little pieces of Scripture that we'll, we'll give you. How am I going? In Malachi chapter 1, in Malachi 1, this is the last uh, book in the Old Testament, verse 6, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? 
You see that? Says the Lord of hosts to you, priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offered defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is condemnable. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, it is, not, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Do you see, you see what, what he's saying? You don't revere me. You don't fear me. You're making contemptible sacrifice. You, look, you don't even think enough of me to make a proper sacrifice. They know what they're supposed to. They're taking the lame, the sick, and keeping the good for themselves and offering the lame, the animals that are sick at, at, the, uh, at the altar. This is speaking to the whole church, including the priests. You've become corrupt. You're not bringing me the best. You're not bringing me the first. You're not bringing me your best. You're not honoring me like you're supposed to honor me. Why? Is God on some kind of an ego trip? No. It's for our benefit. It's for us. It's so that we walk in worship and fear of the Almighty God and we walk as sons and daughters of the Almighty God who, who, who listen, who wants the absolute best for us, who wants to bless us, who wants to protect us, who wants to lead, guide, and direct us. Amen? Hallelujah. And he's not willing that any should perish. Certainly doesn't want his own children to fail. Hallelujah. So, that whole system of the law and the temple, and the, it points to the ultimate sacrifice, right? Which was Jesus. He spilled the blood and once and for all, one sacrifice we believe and we trust in him. So now watch. <clears throat> This is so easy. I mean, I know I'm going to say this to you. Oh, big deal. So listen. So watch. If that's the case, if that's the case, and knowing what we know, and Jesus is the only, and Jesus says, if you love me, if you believe me, if you, you'll follow me. You'll do what I ask you to do. Okay? So if Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice, and we know, my brothers and sisters, shouldn't we be doing that? And if we're not doing it, is that sincere worship and reverence of God? No, we're not, we're not worshiping God properly. Remember what it says in Romans 12.1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. I, I put up the, the Amplified for you. I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do you see that? So my brothers and sisters, why am I so adamant? Why am I so, why am I you know, just spitting and spewing up here about this? My brothers and sisters, we've turned worship into something that it shouldn't be. We've, we've kind of, we're, we're kind of profaning the worship here a little bit. And I don't mean here just in heart of worship. I'm just saying in general. In general. Listen, I, I am so thankful for you folks that come here every week and some for you that come every other week. Whatever the case may be, I'm thankful. But think about it. <clears throat> Why do you come? And I don't mean that negatively. I don't mean that negatively. But really, do think about it. And some of us who have been in churches for a long time, look at some of the churches that we've gone to and some of the churches that we've left. Why did we leave? Did we get our feelings hurt? Or was the message just not right? Or was the music just not right? Or whatever the case may be. Do you, do you understand? And so when we do that, are we actually doing it because of something that is spiritual or is it something that's just not appealing to me? 
Okay? Now, I am telling you, my brothers and sisters, uh, and I've shared with you many times, I've left, my, Michelle and I have left churches before, and we've left churches because the word of God was not being, it was being violated. Right? And so, okay, that's the only thing. I mean, if you're going to a church and you're worshiping and worshiping God in spirit and in truth, and my brother, that, that we all should be doing that. should be all of our goal. And so if the song service isn't just right as it relates to how I feel, what I want, then I'm, going, I'm still going to pay attention to it. I'm still going to sing and not yap, 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 make it my business to come in late, or whatever the case may be. Are, are you healing me? Okay, so no, look, I don't know. If you came in late today, I'm not preaching at you unless the Holy Spirit is hitting you, then yes, I'm preaching at you. If you were yap, yap, yapping during the song service, and you, if I, I'm not preaching at you unless the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart, then yes, I'm preaching at you. So don't ask me. No, don't, no, I'm not trying to be, listen, please hear my heart. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm not trying to be crass. I really am not. But my brothers and sisters, we have to be real. We have to be real. We can't kid ourselves. We can't paint any rosy pictures. We have to be real. We have to be honest. We have to be true. Amen? And, and look it. I want the best for you, for me, for us, for our families. I want, and what's the best? Anything that he has for us. Anything that he has for us, that's the best. No matter what I think or how I feel. Amen? I want, so, so how do I get that from, I, I go to him. I worship him. I get in his presence. I come, listen, where two or, where two or more are gathered, he's in the midst. Amen. Two or three are gathered in his name. And that doesn't mean that we just name the name off of our lips. That means we are believers and followers of Christ. So I think that I know that there's more than two or three followers of Christ in this room right now. And I know that in the houses that are maybe watching right now all over the country and some, you know, uh, in other countries, I know that there's, there's a good chance that there's probably more than one somebody watching or listening. If you are a follower of Christ from your heart, you worship God. You are in awe of God. You revere God. Pray together so that you may be, listen, so that you may be blessed? Yeah. No. That I may be fulfilled and fulfilling the call that he has on my life. Amen? Give me wisdom, God. Give me wisdom. Okay. How can I ask him for wisdom and I'm, and I'm, I'm doing these things that are profane. I'm, I'm not worshiping him properly. Think about it. Father, man, I love my children, but I know you love them more. So, Lord, protect them. Guide them. Lord, put laborers in their path. Father, put angels around them. Do, Lord, please, don't let them have to hit rock bottom before they come to you and turn their hearts to you. Okay. You're coming to me because I, you can't do it. And you realize you can't do it. Why? Well, you can't do it, so you're coming to the one that can do it? See, just in, think about that for a moment. That in and of itself tells us He is almighty. He is the one that can do anything. He is the one that turned the sea into dry land. He is the one that has performed so many signs, wonders, and miracles throughout history, and certainly through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? He is that. 
He's also saved many of you in this room and some of you that are watching. So you know that there's a true miracle, a spiritual something happened down on the inside of you. So my brothers and sisters, when we go to him and we know that he's the only one that can do this. He's the only one that can change your heart. He's the only one that can cause the, the sea to turn into dry land. He's the only one that can save my kid. He's the only one that can heal me. He's the only one. And if we know that and we truly believe it, then why don't we worship him? Why don't we worship him? I'm busy. I've got all of these other things, all of these other happenings in my life. Really? So I'm going, to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Tony. I'm going to start reading, you know, uh, one hour a day, or I'm going to start, uh, okay, so, so here's what we do. We start to fit him into our life. Come on. So, so now, listen, am I, am I upset with you? No, I'm not upset with you. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I really, I want the best for all of us. And when we come together and we're worshiping in spirit and in truth, God will do something. I want your houses filled with joy. I want your children all saved. I, come on. I, not, I want you blessed spiritually. I want you to receive all of the blessings that God has for you. I want us all to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want us to have confidence that if one of us is sick, we can come among this body of believers and pray and that person will be healed. God is still in the healing business, y'all. God is still in the signs, wonders, and miracle business. And He does that through His people. So, why am I, so that's why I'm saying to you, especially as we're in these last days, my brothers and sisters, we need to have that kind of an attitude. I'm going to worship the one because, listen, the government's going to run out of money. The, 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 they're going to run out of doctor's time. Come on. There's going to be changes of the word. There's going to be uh, further prosecution and persecution of the church. All of this stuff is real. It's all going to happen. So I want to know that I can come among a body of believers who believes and worships the true and living God. The one that is all-knowing, all-powerful. The one that can do anything. The one, Come on. So that when we are in need, we go to Him in our time of need. Hallelujah. I don't have to depend on anybody else. I come before my brothers and my sisters in the Lord and we make our, our prayers and supplications before Him and we receive what our Father has for us. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's worship Him together. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Did, did the praise team have something on schedule, Steve? Yes, come on. Thank you, Rachel. I'm sorry to do that to you, praise team, but...